Welcome, welcome back to Studio Secrets A to Z. This is Anthony J. Rester, your host, and we're tuning in today for part two of the Nuno Betancourt uh, episode. Here we go. You know, it's funny, I, I, you went through all these songs to pick the songs for the album, and I've, I'm always sending you grooves and, and beats and things, and over the years, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to write with you on a bunch of things. I remember on... Uh, was it King of the Ladies was a, like a weird thing that I had. I don't even oh, yeah. remember. Yeah, Saudades of Rock. Yeah. I don't even remember how that came about. It was a weird bass line. Yeah, it was like, like a distorted bass through an Eventide harmonizer. And it, yeah. I was trying to imitate Kiss at the time when yeah, I was yeah, doing yeah. it. But anyway, we ended up collaborating. And I was thinking, wow, when this album comes out, maybe there's one of, of mine in there. And alas, this, but we, but we have, this we, time. We lately haven't been I've doing a, that as yeah, much, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. you know, because you're, you're busy. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, it, it, this, you know, we did that most that when we were in a time where we were just only being creatives before life got in the way of Kids being creative. And, yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but just, or other business ventures or, or wanting to do other things or absolutely. score things, do stuff where before we were just creating in the lab and whatever came out, came yeah, out. Yeah, I used to have dats. I mean, I still have like a bunch of dats. They're like, yeah. And used to just, I used to be, what do you got? I'm yeah. going through your stuff. Like, this is throwaway. What are you doing? Give me this. I'll take this. You know, it's like going through your junk. Yeah. Your ju- and there's songs your- that from the solo areas, like colorblind, there's songs that nobody's, yeah. uh, that wasn't yeah. released. Was it? Uh, I was it in a was it in a soundtrack? I don't. Even, I love that released? groove. That was my signature. Wait, colorblind or color of love? No, color of love. We did together, but co- Wait, colorblind. Colorblind. It was like no colorblind. We color me blind. We had no, extreme song. No, but then there was colorblind. Oh my god! Why can't I it was, remember it that? It was one? a real funky like. It was the first song that you worked on at Clinton for your solo album. Oh my god! In uh, in New York in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I gotta I, go find I, that. I again. might have it on Dat somewhere. I'll have I to dig go it find up. it because I kind of remember it. Yeah, it's this funky, funky groove. And I, that's where we met. I met Donna Delory. I just had her on the podcast, and that's we, cool. we talked about it. I was in that room with, in Clinton, working with you and Bob. Yeah, so just the, all these crazy histories. So yeah, no, we did a lot of great songs. We did a lot. I'm sure there'll be more. There I'm will sure be. Yeah, be I, I love. I love. Uh, yeah, I've been getting into. You got me into some of the weird dubstep stuff, like uh, Q. What not Q chord? What was it called? Oh, Arrow, Arrow, Arrow chord. Oh my yeah, god. I'm, yeah, it's just really cool. Favorites, You're yeah. always turning me on to Well, like, Lorenzo, my son, turned me on to Aerocord. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so yeah. great. I just love that stuff. I just did that on a, for a cue for something. So I'll have to send that to you. It's yeah. inspired by Aerocord. Back to your childhood. I'd like to hear a little bit about, you know, your, your upbringing um, and, and how you, it, music, how did, how did it first enter your life? I mean, I mean, look, when you're the youngest of 10 kids, it doesn't enter your life. You enter it. I entered music when you're the last one to come in, the last in line, and you walk in and there's 10 kids and six boys, four girls, and your dad plays multiple instruments and your mom sings, and it's it's already, you're coming into the world and shit's just going on. The, you know, you got a band rehearsing in your living room in the Azores while you're, you know, while you're three years old and they're playing gigs, when, you know, and it's all just going on. So it's it's the Osmonds on, on, on steroids, you know, it's like... Wow. Was there uh, competition amongst the kids for never? Yeah, no. Everybody was so you know people latched on to different instruments. There was always instruments around the house. Like it, it wasn't like you know people go buy a guitar and we're gonna go get lessons. Lessons? I never took a lesson of anything. It's just like it's the lesson was there. The lesson we were, I lived in the university. I lived in Berkeley. You so know, L- Berkeley Louis and, was a mentor of yours, right? He was a mentor, but he was more of a he was more of a not a mentor in the traditional thing where he's like showing me things and oh, just he just existed. And, and he, I looked up to him and Robert and yep. George and all these guys, they all played in bands. And I was just sitting there like a little kid sneaking me into these clubs and these bars. And I'm just on the side of the stage just watching this stuff. And there's no way I'm playing like I'm playing or doing what I'm doing or even have the success I had without 
many of their inspirations and even some of their failures, like learning from the music business and how oh, hard it was and harsh. how difficult it was and getting, getting, you know, letters coming back saying passes from sending music in and me watching this stuff. And they carved that path for me to like, okay, don't walk into that landmine, go left and, you know, zig instead of zagging, you know, like, so it was a university for me. And I, I was lucky enough to be the youngest to take the greatest and the worst of everything and go like, this is what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Wow. So I owe them everything, you know, I owe them everything. And Louis is still a better guitar player than I am. People, when they see Louis play, they like, they look at me dirty. They're like, I saw you guys beef. jamming on Thanksgiving, uh, yeah. some videos and you guys really like go head to head. It's a pretty, a pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, a good, it's conversational, you know, because stylistically it's like, essentially I'm just repeating everything he's already done. <laughs> it's just the rest of the world didn't know it. You know, we have to talk about the Azores because, um, you know, that's wh where you were born and you were raised to what year before you moved? I was four, just okay. about four when I and went to And you spent a lot of time 1971, yeah. I spent some time there with a jazz festival I played at with um, uh, Dave DiCenzo and uh, some other people. And I, I went there for some, like, workshops and things. And it's one of my favorite places in the world. I was at Sao George and Tessiera. I hope I pronounced them right. Yep. But there's a certain quality of the in the people there it's like you can see two drunk guys on a street corner playing one guy's playing a clarinet and the other guy's got two pieces of wood and and they're blowing your mind so yeah. is the, the the music genetic i mean is that is that i think I that's think gotta so. be something I, look I, I think i think you are what you eat you know what i mean i i, I think it's one of those things where the islands and the language and Portuguese and the culture, of course, it's in you. The rhythms. The flamenco guitar. You know, the, it was, it's flamenco. If you told that to a Portuguese guy, they would have sliced your head off. But, so what, but tell because me, flamenco is Spanish, right? It's, so it's so Spanish. tell me about the but Portuguese. The Portuguese guitar is, is more like there's a guitar called uh, Guitarra de Terra, which is just it's our traditional guitar. Jimmy Page has gone, told me he's gone to, 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 to the mainland to have a guy build a few for him. He loves them. They're really interesting sounding. But Fado. You've heard of Fado. Yeah, Fado yeah. is really what it's, a tr that's it's a our flamenco. It's it sounds nothing like flamenco, but it's our it's our blues. It's emotional. And it's emotion. The woman is just wailing, and the guy's wailing, telling stories. But it's our blues, if you will. It's our Portuguese blues, and it's super passionate, it's super incredible. But of course, that's in there. That that it's got to be that 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 that, that you know longing that darkness and that longing, and we call it saudades. That's longing is saudades. Wow. And, and which I named it saudades rock, longing for rock and roll. And, um, and so it's absolutely influential, but you know, on another level that when I said you are what you eat is like, look, you can get into an Uber right now on the way home and the guy could be listening to a song you absolutely hate. I mean, I love Britney Spears, but let's say Britney Spears is on and it's like, oh baby. Yeah, but toxic dude. Huh? Toxic though. Toxic, but, but just think of about baby, baby enough, just yeah. that groove. And you're like, and you're like, oh my God, I got to listen to this now. And I said, like, sir, can you please turn it down a little bit? Great. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, it is now gone in. And it's in the computer and it's in your head and it's going. And I guarantee you that like whether it's a week later or years later, you're going to appear going. You're going to steal the groove. You're going to not know you're doing it. And you're going to you're going to write a song with that exact feel. It's all in there. It's all in there. It's like you can't. Sorry, you can't pick and choose what you un, you can't unhear shit. Yeah, you just can't. That's of course, you have stuff that you love that you really connect. But you'd be surprised how many times like. I'm like, is this a Janet Jackson? Is this a Rhythm Nation that I just wrote? Like, what is going on in here? Oh, my you God. Know? Well, talk about Janet Jackson. Let's <laughs> talk about the solo you did on Black Cat, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the rhythm mostly, but the the the, the being a part of Black Cat was like, you know, Crazy. Was while we were recording Porn Graffiti. It was before Porn Graffiti was even out. We're in, this, in the studio in L.A. And she came into the studio. I didn't know she was coming. She sat there while I was, like, standing up and, like, Whoa. right behind me. You know how studios are tight? Yeah. Like, my kind of... Yeah. 
But yeah, and I'm in there doing, you know, and it was, we were on the same label and the A&R guy says, hey, listen, I got the guy to do this for you and make it rock a little bit more. That's wonderful. It was the first song I was ever really a part of that hit the charts. I went to number one. I'm like, oh my God, I'm part of a number one single. Hearing yourself on the radio. Yeah, it, that was insane. Uh, and uh, But she was amazing. Uh, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis came down, two of my favorite producers of all time. Oh my time. God, that must So I was in the room with Janet, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, and I'm like, what, who am I right now from Hudson, Massachusetts, from Azores, Portugal, sitting in this room with these to people? To the Super Bowl this year. I mean, so talk yeah. about relevance. I mean, that's like this Super Bowl. I mean, tell well, us. Well, I have the- proof that I was at the Super Bowl. If you pause it at a certain time, <laughs> You realize that I was on TV for at least 1.5 milliseconds. <laughs> no, but that might you, have even been less. I don't even know. <laughs> but you were there. I, I was mean, there. I have proof. Love is for the birds. Birds are flying south. Seasons will change. No place to hide. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Say I've heard a wing Learning to fly Clouds are rolling in I think I'm gonna die Welcome back. You're listening to Studio Secrets A to Z and I'm your host Anthony J. Resta and I'm here with Nuno Bentcourt. You were just listening to Severed, a song that Nuno and I wrote and produced together from the album Schizophonic. Going to jump right in here. You've got a history with Rihanna. Tell us some about the experience of working with her and what you Look, learned the, from the, that. The, 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 that was 45 years old. You know, most people at 45 is like, you know, it's over, career's over, it's yeah. done. But here I am in L.A. And Tony, Tony Bruno, great guitar player from New York, and he was also her music director. 
And he calls me, he says, this is the second time I've called you for a project, like, because I'm a rocker, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he says, I know you're going to tell me no, but I'm working with Rihanna, and we've, like, auditioned at least 30 guitar players in L.A., and the next guy, that, the last guy just had knee pads, and he slid across the whole room while he was auditioning. You were like, it's not going well. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and, and, and by the way, and he's like, and I said, and if you, you come down, and, and, and there's no audition for you. It's just like, would you do it? You know, I showed her some stuff of you online and she's like, oh my God, it would be incredible. And I said to him, why? Like, why do you want me? There's no guitar on this. You know, there's like no guitar in these songs. Like, that's why. She wants you to rock it out, the tour. And, and like, you can, so I, but wait, I can be me? Like my full rig, like heavy? Everything goes, yep. So that's like, amazing. I get to ruin all these incredible hits. <laughs> like, you know, like Umbrella and all these songs. and make Shut it, Up and Drive? Shut Up and Drive. I love that like, one. Make it like really rock and all this oh, stuff. God. So I was like, let me come down. I learned a bunch of songs. And then I realized, I'm like, am I going to walk into this pop thing? And it's all going to be lip synced and it's all going to be whatever. And I'd like, boy, was I wrong. I walked in. It was the greatest musicians I've ever played with Monsters. in my entire life. Monsters. Like guys that, play, you know, come from a church background, but like the drummer was just on tour with Stevie Wonder and he plays with him. And this one plays with the most talented musicians, most incredible jams I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. Like freestyling and sound check and all like jazz, like Odyssey and fucking fusion. Like you go anywhere you want to go, hip hop, whatever it is. These guys are monsters. And here I am like, oh, I'm going to do this little pop gig my ass. Like, this is the real deal. This is the big leagues, bro. And and it was great because she sang everything live, no bullshit, nothing on track. The only thing on track, we take everything off track. Everybody learn their parts and there'd be some bells and whistles, some sound effects and stuff sure. like that. But background singers, two keyboard players, and it was just like live as live can be and everybody was killing it. And the arrangements weren't the same. Like, we could go off and go into... La La Land and then thank God for wardrobe changes yeah. because she's like you know what no, no, take like solos like long pieces in the middle of an arena like with for like seven minutes five with like minutes arenas like, of people like, I saw you. you you had me as a guest at a show I don't know if it was Boston or Washington D.C. Yeah. or somewhere but it was just incredible I was like it just it was so big bigger than life I mean the, and yeah. she had such a an amazing stage setup, like with risers and things. Oh no, the production was, was insane. I mean, I mean, that's just that's got to be one of one yeah, of your favorite. Yeah, and, and, and of course, doing that with her for you know, it was supposed to be. By the way, he asked me, he called me to do this for three months. It was yeah. just a promo. And run. how long did it end up being? Six years. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and well, you were just at the Super Bowl. Because what happens is, at the end of the three months, and it went so well, and I, it was just three months of promo. So, you know, from Saturday Night Live to doing Good Morning America to all TV stuff and doing this and that. And then by the end of it, did a couple of shows in Australia, a couple of makeup shows, and that was it. And I'm going to go home, you know. I'm going to go back to the, 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 the mothership, you know, and go back to rock and roll. And, of course, in, I'm, I'm in the dressing room by myself. Everybody's kind of gone packed up. And I don't know if they planned this or whatever it is. In comes Rhee. She walks in. Rihanna comes in. And she's like, so, you know, it was kind of dope. It was great. I'm not going to try to do her accent. But uh, and she's like, you, you got to do the tour with me. And I'm like, God damn it. I know you have an why album did, coming up. Why did they send her in because i would have said no not because i didn't enjoy it but i was just like it's not what i do i you know like being that side guy you know not that it's a bad thing it was the greatest greatest gig so i'm like i said hell yeah let's do it and then you know the next one then the next one then the next one and it was amazing i learned so much i learned so much about musicality like people the, the, the best way i can describe it is like if i'm doing a show i remember i was doing a show in germany i just didn't an interview with the same guy. So this is, I wasn't losing my mind. It was a true story. I don't know if I was making it up or what, yeah. you know, sometimes like you start mixing up, you don't know what story. Oh, yeah, and, 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 and I, I was telling somebody, I was like, 
I remember because I was in Germany and, and I was on the Rihanna tour, a guitar magazine wanted to come, the big guitar magazine in Germany wanted to come in, and interview me after Sanchez. I'm like, of course. Did you guys come in? They interview me. It's a good interview. Me, a good interview. They, they, they didn't really talk about much of Rihanna. It was more about extreme. What are you guys up to? What's going on? So then at the end of the interview, I'm like, okay, guys, well, uh, the tour manager brought in and goes, here's your tickets, you know, and you pass this for afterwards. And they kind of grab and they look at each other. And I like, I said, is something wrong? They're like, yeah, it's not really our cup of tea, you know, Rihanna, et cetera. Like, we're going to go. And I'm like, oh, I see. Okay. I'm like, all right, you came all this way, right? We're on in an hour. Before you go, great seats, look right in front of me, like in the VIP in the pit. Watch two or three songs and I'll talk to you next time. Play the set. Finish the set. I go to the meet and greet. Who's sitting there? These two dudes are sitting there and they're like, uh, we owe you an apology. <laughs> like we kind of like talked down to this thing because we thought it was going to be a pop bars parking. That was the most insane musicianship and playing even for you and everything. We're like, oh my God. And I was trying to tell them. Yeah. I was trying to tell them that not, I, I felt like I was training my whole life for this gig. Why? For a pop gig and a pop artist considered a pop R&B artist? Why? Because rock guitar players play rock. Yeah. You know, Slash is the best Slash he can ever be. But I come from a background with my brothers and different music, all the things we talked about. Yeah. All the funk, all the things we did. You had to switch hats like every 30 seconds to play a reggae tune, to have that pocket. Yeah. Those stabs. Oh, those to play an R&B solo, to, 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 to go into a dance number, yeah, to, you yeah. know, to do trap music, to do pop, to do all of it. I'm like, so oh my God, it kept me that. working. Yeah. yeah I was, it was one of the most like... I, I, couldn't, I couldn't turn off. You know, you play your own songs in extreme. It's your shit. You can party it up the whole time. You can fall asleep doing it. Yeah, you it. can fall asleep doing it. But this was like, oh my God. Like, and these, these musicians like, we ain't messing around, man. Like you, and if you miss something, oh my Everybody God. Knew. Everybody knew. And they would talk to you. Like, hey, and, then, and then because, you know, I did so well, you know, and I got through it, like then inevitably she asked me to be MD yeah. for the last three tours. That's and I was just like, amazing, dude. Incredible. That's so impressive, man. Yeah. Wonderful. That's so cool. <laughs> Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Welcome back. You're listening to Studio Secrets A to Z. I'm Anthony J. Resta, your host. You were just listening to the song Severed, written and produced by Nuno Betancourt and myself, and he's our guest today. We're going to jump right back in. I guess we'll close up with some geek, geeky guitar stuff to finish up, because I always like... I, I've been collecting guitars now for quite a few years and I've yeah. been doing a lot of guitar stuff and I wanted to talk a little bit about the some of the guitars you've designed. I mean, everybody knows about the, the N4 and the N3. Yeah. Uh, when I walked in today, I saw an N7 and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and so there it is over there against the wall. I, tell us a little about the N7. Well, I mean, 
the other number is always equated to the guitar that I had at the time, right? My first and one and two and three and four. But the N7, what isn't that? It's, it's a seven because it's a seven string wow. and four. And I, look, man, I can't play a seven string. Like, I'm the worst. Guys that do that, man, I have so much admiration for that. I don't know how you can be a six string, like master six strings. And then I look at the seven string, and I'm always going to believe that the low string is an E string, that it's not a B. I don't, care, I don't care how much time I spend with it. It's like the old dog new tricks thing. It's so true. It's so damn so true. So does that make an appearance on the extreme album? It does. I used it on a track called uh, X Out because the, the synths and stuff were so low that I had to like, you know, go down there to make it. And I had fun with it, but it was, it was like, I don't know if I'm going to be pulling off that thing live. Maybe I'm not sure. I'd like to, yeah. but it, yeah, it makes that appearance on there. But, uh, because once you hear X out, you'll realize why. Super cool. And the other guitar that I wanted to talk about is one that I'm going to be getting one of these days is the, the Nelly. Yeah. Tell us well, about the Nelly. Well, you know, I, I, I wanted to kind of, I've always loved Telecasters because I play a Strat style body already as it is in a Strat style guitar. And I've always, you know, uh, I got this great oak guitar over there from my nephew, a Mark's Guitar Fleet okay. makes these. I don't know if you've heard this brand. Mm. But oh, yeah, Mark, he's great. Yeah. yeah, he makes them all himself by hand. And he made me a telly that's over there, and I love it. But I'm a Washburn and Dorsey. I can't really, like, sure. play it out on stage. Do we need else. to uh, edit that part No, out? not at all. Not okay. at all. Listen, I have Les Pauls in there, Rick and Backers, I have everything. Yeah. They, Washburn isn't like that. Okay. You know, but it's just, you know, it's one of those endorsement thing on stage and on yeah. photos. You, you sure. play a thing. But, of course, they know that I can bounce yeah. around and use they're, whatever. They're like crayons, uh, you know. Yeah, and and but the, but uh, but the irony is of on on the extreme album I only used I've only used the N4 and probably all the extreme albums even though I had less pauses and stuff in here I've only ever used my own guitars. Sure, I only ever use and it sounds like the company model, but it isn't. Like no, it's I, the truth. It's my it's my instrument. You know, yeah. it's my, it's my voice. You know, so I wanted a, a, a Tele style guitar, but I wanted it to be an an, an N4 version of it's it. It's beautiful. You will. And I actually called Fender myself and uh, the head of Fender, and he was really super cool. Uh, and he, and I said, Hey, are you okay? Cause they said, there's no way you can call this a Nelly. It's, it's like a telly that it looks like a telly. You're going to get sued. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to call them and ask yeah. are you guys cool. If I call it a Nelly, because it's my, my initial and it's Nuno Nelly instead of a telly. And they were like, bro, for you, like, go for it. Don't worry about it. We ain't, you know, sweet. You're not going to, like, sue me later and take me to court. Goes, no, Sign no, no, here. No. Yeah. But I also had just done for them, which was a big deal. And I didn't think of this. You know, like, it's kind of like I just done the Game of Thrones theme. Oh, yeah. With all those Fender. That for, was for great. Fender. And I, and, and I had to ask Washburn for permission. Are you cool? This is this is great for me and great for us. Oh, it was Game wonderful. Of Thrones, with D.B. Weiss, the creator of Game of Thrones, and also the composer for Game of Thrones, and also with Tom Morello. And, and you know. Oh, it was great. Yeah. And so... In, in other other players as well and so I kind of got in good books with them because you know they know that I I left my company for a day for an afternoon yeah and allowed to play these amazing custom Game of Thrones guitars that's so cool and uh, so that you know they you know they went along it, karma that comes back they you know if you, that's good great karma comes back yeah, no, so. it's it's beautiful yeah and tell, it has some interesting electronics tell me about the electronics yeah, it's, you know what I, I told them I, I I didn't want it just to be like the five position the normal five so we did it we did it in that style 
and it kind of goes a three position, but it also side it goes side to side. So is that so out you of phase got like or? one, two, three? Yeah, it's like some crazy phasing and crazy some stuff. Some of those Brian May tones, really and stuff. beautiful, odd tones. But you you're the king of that, anyways. I you, love that. All your guitars got three billion switches on them, anyway. So that's not that's one switch that goes. Like, <laughs> no, I, I you I, have like yours looks like a cockpit from an airplane. No, so. I discovered you know I recently I discovered Cower Doug Cower makes these guitars. I had I was going to yeah. bring it today. Uh, sometime you're going to have to come by and play it. He, yeah. Doug is this amazing guy I met, and it's I, I, when I played it. It was like the first guitar that I ever played that had, had power steering. It was like, yeah. I, I'm used to playing these clunky old like silver yeah. tones and stuff where you have to fight. Oh, you and, fight everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this is it's, like, and now like it's taking, kind of. taking the ankle weints off and you're like, it's, you're jogging. Like, oh my yeah. God. It's like, it's, it's actually kind of messed up my brain. It's like, it's hard yeah. to play other guitars now. So I have a feeling like the Nelly would be a good uh, addition to yeah, my collection. Yeah, I think you'd like it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with one. The funny yeah. thing is right now, I actually tried to get one recently and you know the state of the world with the war and everything that's going oh on my God, everything yeah. like it, it's hard to get stuff. electronics everything is wood. so back ordered like i couldn't watch one was like you know you couldn't have picked because you know with the new album yeah and the way rise soul and stuff they said that the business has gone up like you know that's two, wonderful but they can't they have to literally open like another factory or something to get them done that's huge it's huge but it's that shows you like how difficult it is to I'm, get parts I'm and so happy for you man and so happy about the new album and uh, this has just been like a really special experience for me thank you for coming yeah, it's on yeah for me too bro we'll, we'll it's, do, we'll, long, it's long yeah, overdue long awesome overdue. and uh, so we'll be in touch and uh, can't wait to hear the rest of the album I'm dying so yeah uh, let's do it everybody thanks for coming by with Nuno and this is Studio Secrets A to Z signing off talk to you soon It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.